Thanks for joining us. This is the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Um, it is Tuesday. It's election day in a number of states around the country. Um, yes, and I am joined by Aaron Thorpe to uh, break down uh, some of that and to also talk about the news. This is kind of you know a semi-regular feature uh, that we do here where Aaron comes on and, you know, we talk about some news stories and just generally shoot the shit. Um, yeah. Last time uh, Aaron was on, uh, we were talking uh, with Lori Robert about um, uh, abortion access and abortion rights. Um, and, and, uh, and and they joined uh, Aaron and I for, for that conversation. Oh, hey, Lori's in the chat, actually. Oh, yeah, they're Lori's in the, in the chat. chat. Yes, yes. Hey, what's yeah, up, cool. Lori? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and... Um, and so I think that uh, today, um, much like you know last time, where where the news kind of like overtook like uh, you know what we were talking about today, um, you know we are going to talk obviously about the news in general, but but we're you know specifically going to talk about uh, the primary election in Georgia, the special elections in Texas, mm-hmm. um, and one of the reasons that we're going to specifically talk about that stuff is that Aaron lives in Georgia. Uh, Aaron was one of the people who I talked to for my story at The Intercept last month um, mm-hmm. about how the Democrats are, you know, kind of pro- heading toward disaster in large part because of their inability and and disinterest in, you know, uh, doing anything uh, as far as their agenda goes. Um, they, they've kind of, you know, had some pretty big strikeouts on that stuff uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Aaron being in Georgia, which is a swing state, was able to like give some really great insights as to, you know, what what it's like there and and what people are thinking. Uh, D, I saw you in the call, oh, and she's gone now. Um, but anyway, uh, so you know, I, 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 maybe we should just start with that. Um, so, Aaron, you know, uh, you're in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and it is election day. Uh, you know, I know that. The it, it looks like everything seems to be pretty locked up right now. Um, as far like it seems like it's going to be Kemp, and it's you know camping against Abrams. Nobody really went up against Abrams this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know to to, to kind of contest uh, the in the Democratic primary. So it looks like uh, she and Kemp are going to go to you know to a rematch of their 2018 contest. Yep. Um, and, and Warnock, of course, will be facing off against, um, actually, I'm not sure who he'll be facing off against, but some, some GOP goals. Do you want to kind of break down the state of play for us in Georgia? For sure. For sure. So the, so I'll just add that, um, you know, going to vote every time I go to vote, just to preface, um, there, it always reminds me and humbles me and I just like tweeted about it. So forgive me if anyone saw this, but in just saying in words, it humbles me how much I don't know about like the very district, like, I mean, local politics where I live, um, because there were local elections, which I won't talk about, but of course I live in a small town. Of course, my incumbent mayor, um, is corrupt and used the PPE money during the, uh, the, uh, COVID relief for personal ends, but that's just local politics. Right. But nationally speaking, um, you know, uh, or I should say statewide, um, I'm still reminded about how much I just don't know. Right. And the three biggest races, I think, um, where, as you said, the senator's race between, so it's not just Herschel Walker, who, who is the leading Republican candidate that'll be going against Warnock. Um, it's actually about five more um, Republicans. 
But Herschel Walker is the favorite um, for the Republican primary. So he may be going up against Warnock in the general in November. And then um, for the governorship, uh, Stacey Abrams. Um, actually, I do want to mention, too, that there was a Democratic candidate that ran in the primary against Warnock, um, Tamara Johnson Shealy. Uh, actually, she ran for, I think she ran for a position. I don't remember what statewide position she ran for last time, but her name is very familiar. But I mean, obviously, Warnock, he's an incumbent. Um, he's going to win this. But as for governor now, um, the, governor, the governorship was interesting, man, because I think this is like kind of a shadow of what we're going to see um, in Republican primaries throughout the country. Um, you're going to have kind of, how can I say, like these Trumpian sort of candidates um, they who they themselves may have been endorsed by Trump. And then you have candidates who um, since January 6th, um, since the whole, you know, um, claims of a fraudulent election, they want to move away from Trump. And I think that um, in this race against Purdue and Kemp, um, who are the two Kemp is the incumbent uh, governor and Brian and sorry, David Purdue was a senator who actually left his seat. Um, I think that. I mean, it was kind of hard in this one. I don't know who was supposed to be the Trumpy-like candidate. Maybe it was Kemp being an incumbent um, versus David Perdue. But um, I think that's kind of what we're going to see going in, like, around the country and other primaries um, and into November. And um, the last thing I'll say before I shut up, um, Stacey Abrams um, ran unopposed in the primary. So, I mean, she was the only one on the Democratic ballot for governor. And, um... I mean, you know, obviously, I um, I mean, personally, I, Brian Kemp, uh, objectively, is a horrible person. I hope he uh, loses the seat. But it's just interesting to me, and I'll ask what you think about this, Owen, um, and I'll be quiet. But it's just interesting to me that she's run a couple times. Um, she's lost. I understand that she, um, like, she did a lot for, and I don't want to attribute this to her alone, but she's known for doing a lot for the state and flipping the state of Georgia. But um, that being said, it's just surprising that, um, not surprising. It makes sense to me what other Democrat would run, but it's just, it seems like this might be a repeat of 2018. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much the state of play, at least with, um, the big races. And there were a, a couple other, um, the Lieutenant governor's race. There's a commissioner of labor, commissioner of agriculture. There's a bunch of other little races, but I think those were the, uh, the big ones that people are looking at today. So. Yeah, those, those do seem to be the big ones. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to opine too much on, um, on, on you know Abrams' uh, ability to get things done, um, you know yeah. th- those aren't things that I know uh, a whole lot about. I mean, I, I do what I do remember from twenty twenty or from twenty eighteen is that you know one of the main reasons that she lost was voter suppression, right? Yeah, so, and Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State while he was running for governor. The Secretary of State is in charge of the elections of the state, so yeah, you know. Yeah, so you know, like you know, when, when I. Uh, when I hear about that, it certainly makes me makes me a little hesitant to think that you know that that she that that we're gonna see like the same thing happen again, right? Like like that's mm-hmm. like that's kind of hard for me to see. Like I mean, who knows? I know that mm-hmm. the laws have only gotten more restrictive. There is that um, it, like it, like at this point, it's a pretty notorious article that came out uh, this week, I think, or maybe it was last week. Anyway, pretty recently, where it was just like you know, despite uh, all these concerns about the. Uh, the restrictions on voting, uh, people are still turning out to vote. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, but that doesn't, like, disprove yeah. that there are restrictions. That just means that people are, like, coming out to vote. So it's not quite the same thing. Um, 
and and I assume that you know that she's running at least in part on on kind of pushing that back, uh, pushing yep. that you know uh, specific uh, kind of uh, you know kind of like, like voter suppression, you know that that yep. uh, that idea. So um, it, I mean. How how much of those laws affect? I mean, you know, did you vote already today? I'm assuming you, if you haven't, you're going to. You did. Yeah, I, did so. I did vote already. Yeah, I did vote already today. Um, at the library, that's real close by my house. So what was it like? Was it easy? Was it difficult? I mean, did you oh, did you notice you anything see, different than last time? You see, man, it's, the thing is, is that um, you know, I'm whenever people talk about voter suppression in the South, um, I have to remember how fortunate I am, um, because of where I live. Um, and the fact that I live in like a very strong democratic, um, district, um, and I mean, you know, also the neighborhood that I'm in, I mean, it's just, I didn't have, I personally didn't have a problem going to vote today. Um, now that isn't to say that there won't be people today that will have problems voting, right. That will have to wait on long lines. Right. I mean, obviously these are in districts that are, um, that are red districts, right. That are more red districts and rural districts where, People are either have to drive to a polling station, and of course, I live in a voter ID state, um, where preemptively the GOP in states like mine, but also notoriously Alabama, they'll shut down um, DMVs, you know, places where you go to get your ID. They'll shut them down and put them someplace else to make it more difficult for people to get their IDs to go and vote. Um, but me personally, I didn't have any issue, um, and. I, you know, I, I think I think one of the things, though, that I'm bothered, if, you, if I can, man, one of the things I think with Stacey Abrams that troubles me is that, you know, I I would, of course, love for Brian Kemp to get out of office. But I think that I think that given the voter suppression in this state, you know, given the sort of shenanigans, you know, that Republicans are able, are able to do. I mean, people will come out and vote as they did um, for the senator's race. You know, Georgia flipped. But I also think that it's about it's about the kind of campaign that she runs. And I'm sort of worried that I mean, and I could be wrong. I'm worried that she won't draw out enough non-voters. Right. Um, people who are um, alienated from the process and disillusioned. And that won't be enough. The people that she does draw won't be enough to kind of tip the scales in her favor. Does that make you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm just worried that it's going to be not just the voter suppression, but sort of this. Amy McGrath sort of middle of the road play where, and again, I'll say this. Um, I looked this up today. Um, most of that money that she's, um, that she's raised is coming out of state. So this isn't, I mean, obviously there are people in Georgia that are excited about this, but this seems to be a thing that people who live outside of the state are especially, especially excited about. And I don't know if the people that she needs to win, if they're excited enough to vote for her, you know what I'm saying? That's my. Yeah, that's my I mean, this is like this is like the same thing that um, that is actually going on in Florida right now uh, with Val Demings, right? Mm. Val Demings, uh, who is uh, kind of leading the Democratic pack uh, in the primary, I think, to take on Rubio. Um, yeah, she's raising tons and tons of money. I did an analysis of this for one of the sites that I work for, and so she's raising tons and tons and tons of money. Um, uh, she's she's easily like lapping uh, her competitors. Uh, it seems pretty clear that she's going to be uh, the the candidate in Florida for for the Democrats, um, mm. and and you know, but a lot of her money is going into raising more money and raising yeah. more money uh, via Facebook. 
And the money that she's raising is again, and this is like going to going to what you said, it's all coming from outside of the state. And yeah. so it does raise the question of like that is that does show that there's strong support and enthusiasm for your candidacy, but it doesn't necessarily show that there's strong support and enthusiasm for your candidacy in the state that you're running. Um, and I think it, 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 that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. And I mean, like, you know, I think the thing is, too, is like, you know, I'm personally speaking again, but it just kind of pisses me off. And I know I'm just moved, I'm transplant, man. I've just moved down. Oh, well, I can't say just I wasn't born here. But I love I love living in Georgia and the South, specifically, uh, especially since I've been down here. And it kind of pisses me off that, you know, liberals will say, oh, we need to, um, you know, defund the South. Right. right? We need to uh, take money away from the South because they keep voting for people like, um, you know, they keep voting for people like Mitch McConnell or, you know, whatever right wing neo Confederates. But, you know, when it actually when it's actually about building the sort of um, apparatus that will like help a Democrat win down here, um, you know, they're non-existent until it's election time. Right. And then it's like the, 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 the state, the national party sort of gets to control the narrative, you know, when it's like, yeah, how excited are people in this state for Stacey Abrams? I have no doubt that tons of people, I mean, I voted for her and there are tons of people I'm sure that are, but what I'm saying is that I'm not sure it's going to be enough people that, will kind of tip the scales and out outvote and now come and turn out in higher numbers than the folks that are still pissed about, you know, this culture war thing about January 6th, about the election who are terrified that Stacey Abrams is this far left socialist candidate. Who's going to ruin the state. You know, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's again, the Democrats not campaigning on things that they've done or not being able to campaign at all because they haven't done much, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, there's a couple of things there. I mean, I guess I guess what I'd say, first of all, is that uh, the the kind of, and, and, you know, I'm from the Northeast, I'm, I'm from New England, and there is, you know, I, I've been hearing people say this uh, since, since the Bush years, at least, if not before that, this kind of, like, dismissive attitude towards the South, um, yeah. this kind of feeling of, like, just, you know, just leave them, like, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that conveniently erases like all of the people uh, in in that area, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. that region of the country who would be who would suffer from, you know, from that kind of uh, action. But um, that, you know, that that does seem to be uh, the way that, that that people act. And like what you're saying is uh, very true. I think that, you know, most of the people who are saying this are the kind of people who would believe uh, mm-hmm. that it would be like that it would be most useful for Democrats to, for, for people in the South to elect Democrats. Um, and like, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not coming down on either side of like the utility of that I'm just saying that like, that's the way that people think. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, like if, if the conditions are not in place uh, to be able to even vote for who you want to vote for, then what's the complaint here? Because it's, it's, it really does feel like people are just being continually, uh, punished for things that are basically like, as you're saying, out of their control. So, yeah. so what's like, like, what is the, what's the plan here? You know what I mean? Like, 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 yeah. why, yeah. like, why, like, like, why, right? I, so I, I read. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but I saw this. Um, I was going around on Twitter. Um, CNN article about the Democrats actually, um, trying to run competitively in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. That's up in North Georgia. 
And, um, you know, what they said, I think, is what, you know, uh, you know, left liberals and, you know, people who like live up there, you know, live in places like this that are like just dominated by the Republicans is that, you know, at least if they have some sort of showing. Right. At least if they have some sort of showing, then they can like bit by bit, I guess, like kind of like, you know, uh, with each success uh, succeeding election, kind of hopefully um, raise enough of a profile for Democratic leadership in that district that um, people will be like, hey, like, you know, like there are people there. I'm cutting myself off. But one thing I found interesting in the article, there are people there that are ashamed that they're Democrats. Right. That's how like bad it is. Right. And if anyone is listening, like you live in like, I mean, I don't, even though I live in the South, but, you know, I know people that are from up North Georgia. And I mean, like, I mean, this is like, I mean, when I say these are red dominated districts, I mean, even not even in just how they're like, what, what sorts of politicians run these districts, but just the people, right. I mean, just the sort of animosity towards like Democrats or liberals. Right. And I think that the Democrats, it's like, I mean, you know, it's a little late, but you know, if they want to win, I mean, yeah, like eventually win or at least have a presence. Yeah. I mean, run someone against Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, I'm sure that there are people up there who don't vote for Republicans or don't vote for Democrats because Democrats have not shown their faces in that district for a while. And they know the Republicans there are batshit insane and full of shit, you know? And I, I would hope that, I would hope that, you know, Stacey Abrams, what what happened in uh, the Senate race, what happened there with Ossoff and Warnock, I would hope that would mean that Democrats would pay more attention, you know, uh, in the South, especially where they can win. But I mean, I don't know, you know, because it seems like they're I mean, you know, I could say a lot of things, but it just seems like they're not very good at learning lessons. Right. And applying them or maybe they don't have the will to. So we'll see what happens. You know, we'll, well see maybe if they're that, not like, interested in it, right? I mean, like that's the other thing. Exactly. Like, maybe maybe exactly. there's not a lot of interest. Um, exactly. I, I, yeah. So, uh, as as someone who you know who lives down there, like like you're saying, like there's not a lot of effort into um, into putting people forward. I mean, it is interesting what you say. Mm. I'm I'm I'm, di- I'm digressing from the point that mm. I wanted to make, but I don't care. Um, yeah. Like, I, like, I do think that it's, it is interesting, right, to think about, like, what it looks like to run uh, people in non-competitive districts just to make a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not, like, it, it matters that there's, like, not a lot of interest in that, uh, mm-hmm. it does seem like that's something that should be done. Like, they should at least try to do that. Uh, but, you know, but you are someone who is on the ground in, in Georgia. Um, you know, this isn't this is going to be your this is not going to be your first election there. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. what are you what, what are you expecting is going to happen in the general? I mean, like like it, you you were saying that you live in a very Democratic controlled area. So obviously they're not going to really try to uh, suppress the vote there as no. much because it's not a swing district you're not really it's it, it's it's not such a matter of like uh trying to peel a couple of votes off here and there I've never seen canvassers right. never seen canvassers except local competitive elections i've never seen canvassers for um statewide elections in my area that's how strong like strongly democratic it is you know they don't even bother coming here yeah so that i mean that shows like a a marked uh disinterest but i guess what i'm curious is like what like what do you see happening here 
Like, mm-hmm. like, what do you see coming? Like, because you seem to be kind of like yo-yoing back and forth between like yeah. kind of yeah. kind of doomer about it, and then kind of maybe yeah. feeling like maybe. Um, I mean, are we looking at like a GOP sweep down there? Because the thing is that like a GOP sweep down there does more than just uh, you know flip control or possibly flip control at the federal level. That stuff mm-hmm. we're not really interested in talking about that stuff right yeah. as far as this part of the conversation goes mm-hmm. like what i'm asking about specifically is like you know what does that mean for people in georgia like what does that look like i mean you know if if you have i mean if you have um someone like uh herschel walker um against you know going up against warnock for example in the senate's ra- um, senate race i mean i mean just the implications of that from the fact that i mean i know now you know, parliamentary wise, parliamentarian wise, we can talk about the fact that well, the Democrats, like you know, uh, technically are in control of the Senate or not in control of the Senate. But I mean, like, I think that like just that kind of like again that, and again, we're talking about electoral parliamentary politics, which I don't have much faith in. But at the same time, I think it does matter that we elected, you know, like this black senator, this this so seemingly progressive liberal black senator, only to get replaced by like this like creationist like trumpian sort of person i mean just the implications for that you know if stacy abrams for example um loses again against brian kemp i mean not only just the material effects in terms of like you know access to abortions you know access to health care access to education i mean all of these things right i mean you're also talking about i think like uh, a loss in morale you know like i really do think that like the the Senate race and the flipping of the Senate really gave people down here, you know, especially I know like, you know, like, like I know these black voting rights groups, but even folks that I've talked to, you know, like people were excited, you know, and then there was disillusionment, at least from folks that I talked to about the 2000 versus $1,400 checks. Right. And then on top of that, right. To have like the seat taken by Herschel Walker, which, I'm worried about that, man. I'm not going to lie. Not because I think that Warnock is such a good guy, but Herschel Walker is, I mean, like, he's, he's probably definitely brain damaged, man. He's a troubling, violent person, you know. Um, but also for Stacey Abrams, too, and sort of like that as well, I think what that will do for, like, I don't know, just the morale in the state, man. I don't know. The Democrats already didn't give a shit about Georgia. I can imagine if she loses again, that um, maybe they'll scrap this whole idea of trying to run and make these districts competitive, you know? I mean, I don't know, honestly, to answer your question. I just don't, I'm going back and forth because I could see the potential, but at the same time, it really depends upon the party, like, like you know, uh, allocating resources and getting people excited to vote for a reason and having, like, candidates that actually stand for something. And I mean... We know how that goes, right? Especially in the South. So I don't know, man. We'll see. But we'll see. But I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess. Hesitantly like pessimistic. Yeah, I, pessimistic. Yeah, like I am. Pessimistic. I am cautiously pessimistic. I am. And I, that sucks, man. That sucks. But I mean, it's the truth. You know, I don't. It's just it's just the truth. I think that after decades and decades of not spending the resources here, you're not just going to build a vibrant grassroots campaign overnight. I think that's why Stacey Abrams should get a lot of credit, even though we can't give it all to her because she was the face of it. But, um, you know, you can't do that overnight, you know, and that's that's what it seems like the Democrats kind of hoping for here. So a long way to answer your question. But, yes, I'm cautiously pessimistic. Why do you think the Democrats think that way about about the South? 
what like what like why do you think that is like why do you think there is that attitude that uh like because it, the, the way that you're talking the way that it sounds and and this is kind of like the way uh that i'm kind of seeing mm. uh, things are going to kind of shake out right is that like mm. you know y- you have a uh you have a scenario where wh- whatever happens like if if uh, if if Abrams or like not whatever happens, but if Abrams loses and Warnock loses or any kind of combination of that, that it, you know it sounds like the, from what you're saying that you feel that the Democratic Party and and maybe like liberals in general kind of are just going to be like oh like more than ready to just kind of uh, close the door and walk away and be like well that was just a fluke in 2020 no need to spend yeah. any money down here no no need to waste our time anymore uh, yeah. you know that was a mistake whatever let's walk away. Um, and, and, you know, if they do that, that is the kind of thing that, you know, that, that does have, uh, implications, right. That has implications for, for whatever the future is going to look like, especially in the Mm -hmm. South. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know what, man, I, I think a lot about, you know, cause I think a lot of it is regionally, you know, because when I lived in the North, when I'm from New York and before I came down here, you know, you have all these preconceived notions, right, about the South, right, historically speaking and culturally speaking. I mean, all these like, you know, like, oh, like people down there are ignorant and, you know, people get what they deserve because you're stupid and you vote for X, Y, and Z. But obviously, you know, I mean, it takes like just half a second to be like, as you just said a moment ago, that these people are not responsible for these decisions. But I also think it's I also think it's just I mean, I don't know, man. I think that the Democratic Party has this kind of cultural sort of overtone. And I don't really mean to give validity or credence to, like, the East Coast liberal elites. But it's kind of sort of true, you know? Like, it kind of is sort of true where I... The people that I've interacted with down here, right, that are conservatives or voted for Trump, I mean, I feel like a lot of liberals... And this is not just an online thing, but in real life, because... They're kind of, I mean, the same way that these Trump voters are. A lot of people, everyone, they're in their own little cultural sort of enclave. But these people so much so are especially cut off that, like, they don't know how to talk to people, you know? I mean, I'm not just talking about talking to to Trump voters or conservatives, people they disagree with. I mean, they don't even know how to talk to people, like, who would ostensibly be on their side, you know? And maybe this is just, like, a little personal, you know, observation for me, but there's this sort of snide arrogance, you know, and this sort of moral superiority. And I'm not just talking about party elites. I'm talking about people that I know that, like, I would call them blue MAGA. Like, they're rah, 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 like, Democratic, strong Democratic voters. I mean, they look down on these people, you know? And then the elites in the parties them- in the party themselves, they don't, they don't like people. I don't, I think they hate their voters more than Republicans hate their voters, you know? So, I think due to this sort of this sort of air arrogance and the sort of like, um, you know, where we can never have any common um, goal with these people. I don't know. I think all of the all of those things and these preconceived notions like the Democrats and also just the polarization of our country and our politics. I mean, they're just like, well, why would we try to win down there? But what's interesting and I'll shut up after this. What's interesting is that they do try to appeal to these conservatives. They, as, as, um, as, who is it? Uh, Thomas Friedman was saying in the New York Times, what is that? That 10% of GOP voters that they can peel off from Trump voters, that they could get them. It just seems like they don't want to do it in the South, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? They want to do it in New England and on the West Coast, but they don't want to do it in the South, though. 
And that should tell you that that whole idea of peeling off the 10% is bullshit. You know, because yeah, I mean, they, they, they just want to do it with the people that they, that, you know, that they go to dinner with, right? Like, exactly. that, like that's who they exactly. want to do it with. They, like, they don't care about, like, uh, and I think you're right. I think, like, that is, like, an, an infuriating thing, like, when you hear, um, and, and also, like, when, when you hear uh, people like that say that, but, you know, what they're also saying, too, is that there's, like, they're just basically using it as an excuse. Yeah. They're just using it as an excuse to, uh, to push back against, like, basically, like, any, any, any possible, uh, any possible, like, move for, like, you know, any kind of, like, left liberal policy of any kind. Absolutely. The the excuse is always the same. The excuse is always, well, we can't do that because we'll lose voters. But you're right. When it actually comes down to it, it comes down to, like, actually talking to, to voters, um, who, who, who might disagree with them. They have no interest in doing it. Um, No, they don't have interest at all. You know? and, and what's frustrating is that, like, you know, that, that it is actually quite possible to do that in ways that don't involve, um, you know, throwing uh, throwing people in certain communities under the bus or or attacking, um, you know, attacking people in certain communities. But that doesn't really seem to be like what what they want to do. Right. Like they seem to be more interested in in just, you know, like, let's find let's find a common enemy here. Let's find yeah. someone that we can, you know, that we can all hate together. Exactly, um, and it's like it's pretty just like you're right. It's pretty distressing, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it it makes me think, you know, that like it just reminds me that like, you know, they they would rather, you know, um, they would rather align with like you know somebody that they supposedly vehemently vehemently disagree with, right, on the other side of the aisle, if it means pushing back against like a progressive or a left challenger or candidate, right, or a politician. I mean, like. I don't mean to like, you know, I don't mean to relitigate it, but just the fact that just they went harder against Bernie Sanders than they ever did against the Republicans. Right. You know what I mean? Just like things like that. It's like, well, I mean, kind of with that sort of mentality and you kind of take it to the South and sort of this like, yeah, well, they have no interest in in actually doing politics. Right. Then, yeah. You know, yeah. Leave the South to its own devices. Right. Until unless it's convenient. Right. For us to fundraise off of. Right. Not even because we see we have a little power, because that's what Biden had told us, right? If you vote for Ossoff and Warnock, X, Y, and Z, and what do they do with it? They used the they used it to fundraise, but they didn't really use the power that they had to do anything that they could have, you know. So, and that's you know maybe that's just a, a pithy observation, but I mean that's why people are pissed. I think it, that's why I think people are pissed. That's what I spoke to in that about in that piece, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and like like let's let's kind of stay on this, but move off of Georgia a little bit. Talk about Texas where right now, uh, we have, uh, QLR, uh, the Henry QLR, the, the incumbent, um, uh, anti-abortion rights, uh, Democrat, uh, right wing guy. Um, a lot of, uh, issues with him as far as his ethics go, et cetera. Um, and he is being challenged once again by Jessica Cisneros, uh, who is a progressive challenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they're going head to head in a runoff today. Uh, and, and we are seeing like a lot of what you're talking about here, right? We're seeing um, Democratic establishment, Democratic leadership, you know, uh, trying to appeal to these mythical, uh, gettable conservative voters, specifically in this case by having Nancy Pelosi and other uh, Democratic elites going. You know, going down to Texas and campaigning for this guy, 
Uh, yeah. All the while, they're trying to like sell uh, their base on on them, like you know, being interested in abortion rights and 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 protecting yeah. uh, protecting choice. Uh, you know, we're we're certainly seeing that. Um, and, and that is like kind of insulting, right? Like, like that is yeah. like just insulting the intelligence, um, yeah. because you know, you, like you're saying, and, and it almost does seem if, if, if you're cynical and, and, you know, I think, I think we both, probably both are here. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it, it, it really feels like they, they would like, they're already seeing like, well, you know, if abortion stays illegal, that's going to be like a get out the vote, um, weapon and a fundraising weapon for years now. So if we just yeah. use that. You know, we, we just kind of like let this happen and adopt it. That's why, you know, that's why we'll get Henry back in because, you know, like the donors like him and this person likes him and that person likes him. Um, there doesn't seem to be like a long game. They don't seem to be doing any kind of long game or having any kind of long calculation, right? No, no, not at all, man. And the Texas race especially is like really like, I mean, especially infuriating because like, I mean, dude, you literally had Jim Clyburn out there like campaigning for this motherfucker. And like, meanwhile, the the right wing sickos on the court are like plotting on how to overturn Roe v. Wade, right? You know, and then the people started coming out with like um, Nancy Pelosi. These are this article headlines from her years ago saying there's room in the Democratic Party for pro uh, for quote pro life, um, you know, candidates and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, you know, it's they would rather throw under like a particular community under the bus if it means like continuing the status quo. And I think this race between Jessica Cisneros and uh, Henry Collar is like a perfect example. I mean, I, I want to ask you too, man, what is, if you know, do you know the dynamics of that district that would keep somebody like him in power? Because I mean, this is where the Democrats, you know, it's like there are issues that they're flexible on, right? That they're like kind of ambivalent on. And abortion, unfortunately, is one of them. And I just want to know, like, the demographics of his district that would, that this narrows, I mean, it's probably also because, too, he's an establishment politician. I get he's friendly to business. But, yeah, do you know the, 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 the kind of demographics of that district or what is going on there to keep that dude in power over there? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a conservative district. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a South Texas district. Um mm-hmm. You know, like there's, um, and you know, I, I've seen a, few, a couple of people like uh, call in and then kind of uh, disappear. If you guys want to call in, just feel free. We'll just take you guys as you come up. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like uh, I, I think that I mean, he, you know, he does have a base there. Like, like there's a reason that it was so close. Like, obviously, the district is changing. It's evolving. Um, you know, the 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 uh, the uh, the voting demographic is changing. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, yeah, like there is uh, there is room for someone like uh, Cisneros uh, to, to come in. Let's take let, let's take Michael here real quick and then and then we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael, you should be good. Go ahead when ready. All right. I was just uh, testing to make sure. Can you hear me or? Yep, yeah, we can. we can. OK, cool. I'm unfortunately just using the the mic on my laptop. So hopefully it's not too much of a problem, but uh, as I was saying in like the, the chat, like mm-hmm. the reason they're backing Queller is because he gets a shitload of corporate donations that triple mm-hmm. C loves using. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to with like all of the old, like dinosaurs still in charge are just going to continue to be like, well, we need these donations and we're not going to try anything new, so okay, we'll keep backing Queller. We'll keep backing any establishment Dems that get a shitload of donations because 
right? Their, their primary motivation isn't even about winning elections. It's just fundraising. It's yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I used to be more of like a liberal uh, back in like the late Obama years, early Trump years. And I think one of the things that I, I guess I could say radicalized me on like how shitty the Democratic leadership is was seeing shit like Bill Nelson's campaign being in the black, like having money left over when it clearly was doing jack shit in that race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that I think that is a part of it. I mean, I think that the, that the fundraising is a large part of it for sure. I mean, there's also like the the whole uh, like the consulting class that controls the party right now. Yeah, um, it's like it's not only about like fundraising for the candidate. It's like they all they all want to keep their jobs. So it's uh, John Schwartz, a writer for The Intercept back in uh, back before he worked for The Intercept, uh, wrote this story. Uh, this blog or, or essay or whatever talking about the iron law of institutions What the iron law of institutions basically is that institutions will always like prioritize their own survival over anything else. And so, if you're looking, yeah. So if you're looking at like um, the, uh, like the current party, the current democratic party and like, and, and like the reasons why, you know, they would be backing QLR uh, over, over Cisneros or, you know, the reasons why they're not, you know, they're not being like as active or as enthusiastic pushing these policies that, you know, that, that would probably offer them some tangible benefits at the, uh, at, at, at the voting booth is because like they are kind of captured by this uh, political consulting class that has already kind of decided the way that they think that things are going to go down. And so it, the, that's just the way it plays out. Aaron, what do you think? You think that's, you think that's an accurate assessment? I, absolutely, man. I mean, it absolutely is the accurate assessment. I mean, like, I, on one hand, like, I've, you know, I've talked about this all the time, like, work canvas for the Democratic Party. When I say work, I've been a canvasser, right? Um, one time campaign manager, but canvasser, right? So I've seen these kind of interactions with, like, staff and the consulting firms, and I, I didn't work for the Democratic Party. I did, but I worked for a consulting firm, right? Who kind of came up with sort of everything, and then we, the canvassers, went out there and, like, you know, pitch it to people. And as a fundraiser, um, fundraising kind of opened up my eyes because the only thing, this is when Trump was in office, the only thing that we would fundraise off of was not that Democrats are going to protect this, they're going to protect that, they're going to fight for this, rather, they're going to fight for that. It was Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump, right? It was fear-mongering, you know? And I think, like, you know, what you what, what you brought up, Owen, is perfect. It's just like, yeah, man, why would you, why would you dispense away with this, like, highly fraught issue you know, that like people get excited and angry about so much so that they'll get on their phones and go to the nearest like Demo- the, 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 the uh, closest Democratic email, fundraising email they have and like toss money because they're terrified. I mean, why would you give that up? You know, like, why would you do that? And again, like I said, I mean, it's it's angering because you're throwing communities under the bus so you can continue as you said, on that iron law of institutions, it's not about advancing the party or having some long-term goal. It's about keeping your own status and position within the party stable, right? I mean, and it's interesting because it seems like the Republicans, I mean, even though they just booted them out, but someone like Madison Cawthorn, right, or someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or any of these, like, kind of young, like these new people coming in, not necessarily young, but fresh people coming in, deranged, right? But it seems that the Republicans are either okay or unwilling to stop that where the Democrats, I mean, they just do not want to stop. They want to at at any mean, by any means necessary, they want to stop challengers. And this is what we're seeing here in Texas, right? 
you know? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's angry, man. It's really, it's really upsetting, but I don't know what else to expect, I guess, right? Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, at this point, it's kind of hard to know, like, like, like what else to expect. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the situation that we're in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, so moving on um, from, uh, from the elections, uh, you know, we, we, uh, there's, there's an interesting, well, this is kind of elections, but there's this interesting story in, uh, in New York magazine right now, uh, about this backup plan for Biden. We're basically mm. like, there's this kind of low level. Uh, so I guess we're kind of keeping it on the democratic party, but there's this mm. low level democratic party freak out right now where, uh, they're kind of starting to realize that Biden may well not run again. Right. And because he's he's old and uh, maybe (laughs) maybe, you know, maybe maybe there's something else going on. Um, But but, you know, his handpicked successor is just like a complete disaster. Um, does he have a handpicked successor? Does he? Is he? Is he or well, just... his vice president. His vice president, right? Oh, of course. Oh, oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, yo, dude, yeah. I always forget about her. Shit. Yes, Kamala Harris, obviously. Right. Right. And she, but she's, you know, there's, there's, she's, she's not. Doesn't seem to be very good at politics. Um, no. She doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, doing a particularly good job. Uh, kind of you know gain any kind of enthusiasm behind her candidacy there's huge turner turn uh turnover in her office there's a lot of like negative headlines all the time mm-hmm. uh so there are like a lot of reasons uh why they're trying to look for somebody else but they're not really seeing uh anyone else um and so they're trying to kind of cast around for uh for people to to run um and i have heard um, and, and this isn't like super solid. So uh-huh. I would just say, I, w- I would just preface it with that, but I have heard, um, that a former, uh, candidate is thinking about running again, um, after, uh, losing out on the white house twice. Oh, is this, uh, this is, uh, Oh God. No, yeah. man. It could be yeah. one of two people. It could be one of two people. That's why I'm like, Oh God, it it's could either be. One. It's the worst. Oh one. no, dude. Again, she's going to fucking do it again, man. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it looks like. I mean, this isn't in the. This isn't really in the article. This is just. This is just um, something that like there, the, like there are a couple of things have happened, um, and that, like have not like been like announced yet, but that are, are like kind of putting things into motion. Uh, yeah. That may well mean that um, that we're going to see it again, and that and and apparently, and again, like I have to stress that this is um, that that this part of it. Uh, like uh, the other stuff, like the stuff that I know that's going to happen, I'm, I'm, I'm like drawing the natural conclusion from it, which is that uh, she's going to run again. Um, uh, and, uh, the, the, one of the people who told me about one of these things, um, uh, told me that, you know, one of the major reasons for this is because Bernie said that he was going to run again. Oh my fucking God. Dude. And Wait, so oh, that like oh motivated fu- her. All right. All right. Before I get mad. All right, this, why am I getting mad? It doesn't fucking matter. This, I think, underscores exactly what we were just talking about, right? Like, it's not even because you want to win, but it's because you want to stop. Like, okay, winning would be great. I mean, she always wanted to be president, but it's just the threat of, 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 of like, the left where you would run against him, right? I mean, and, and so wait, let me ask you a question. So does this mean that... 
that if Trump, because Trump is probably running again, right? Like, I mean, he seems kind of unpredictable. Like, you know, I know everyone thinks he's going to run. He's every, he's all pretty much but said it. He's been campaigning, but he's, I mean, really he's gonna lazy run. though. Yeah, he's lazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like people are so short, but I'm like, dude, he doesn't want to fucking do that shit. He didn't even want to be president. But what I'm saying, I guess, is that if she runs and he runs, I mean, we're literally like we live in a simulation. We're just literally going to repeat 2016 over again. It's probably going to be the same fucking outcome. Jesus, yeah, man. I think, I think the only way that like if, if Trump if Trump ran again, like one of one of the only ways that he would like be guaranteed uh, re-election. I think that he might have a hard time against some people, but I think against Clinton, I think oh, he, he would, would have. A, I think he would have a pretty pretty easy job of it because, like, she hasn't like increased in popularity. Uh, no. since 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 leaving office, like, um, and like there 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 are a lot of people uh, who like genuinely think that she is like a pedophile demon. Yeah, it's like harder to sell the public on that when it's like, you know, uh, like Biden or 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 someone like that. But 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 Clinton, I mean, she's a member of the Clinton family. I mean, like the derangement around the Clinton family has been going on for a long time. For like 30, 40 years. What now? Yeah. 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 It's like like a lot of like a lot of the seeds uh, were planted for this. Uh, back in the nineties, for this like QAnon and like the Tea Party and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. like like it all kind of uh, uh, like like the, like the the elders of that movement uh, were the were the young young uh, the young ones in uh, uh, during the the contract with America, like the Newt Gingrich stuff. So yeah. like it, it, it's hard it's hard to see like how how the appeal would be, but um, you know let, let's let's take it away from Clinton just for a second and like take it yeah. away from and, and even from Bernie like. I mean, like, who else is there, really? Like, I, I'm uh, trying to think of, like, like, like. I, can you think I, of anyone? Yeah, I can because I saw shit made me laugh super hard. Two things. Um, one, um, they chose him as their communications. They're kind of looking at him for um, communications, um, like their national message. I guess this is Eric Adams I'm talking about, right? Um, uh, because I guess he's been seen as, I mean, this is somebody, I forgot what article it was. I wish I could remember the headline because people can read it. It's insane. It's one of those things we read where you're like, yo, these people are like absolutely deranged. Um, but I think this democratic operative was saying that, you know, Eric Adams, he seems like a democratic mayor who can get things done. Right. And I mean, that's their tagline. They love saying can get things done because they, they know that like, they're not going to actually go for any of the progressive shit or any of the things that people think of as Democrats. But we're practical, though, you know, we're practical. So we get things done. Secondly, with the Eric Adams thing, um, he was asked if he was going to run and for president. And he said, oh, yo, it's yo, it's such an Eric Adams thing to say. He was like, you could run. Um, you could run the country from New York City. And it's like, yo, you actually you're right. You can. Um, so those two things, all those two things, man, like him just toying around. Dude, I could totally imagine. I mean, I don't know enough into his, I mean, you know, no one knows into these people's psyches, right? And they're all like sociopaths, but I don't know enough about him personally to know his ambition. Um, but I mean, I could totally imagine him running in 2024 if Biden doesn't run. Like he's the first person that I think of. And that would be, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it for the shit posting podcast, but that would be amazing in a horrible, terrifying way to see him go up against Donald Trump. I mean, I don't know, but. What what do you think, man? Could you see Eric Adams throwing in his uh his hat in the ring for president? 
I mean, maybe like like I I find that um I, I, I he's just like impossible for me to predict like anything about him. Cause I don't really understand anything that he does. Um, yeah. I don't I don't like he he's he's a very he's a very chaotic like personality. He has a very chaotic personality, and so it's hard to like you know be, be able to predict or even like. Uh, expect like you know what's even going to come out of his mouth. I mean, maybe like that's like a strength going up against someone like Trump. Uh, yeah. Where where I think he would run into trouble is if it went up, you know, went up against someone uh, a little like slicker, like DeSantis. The like Santas, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like someone like Trump, someone like Trump, like uh, tries to uh, have tries to have a chaotic energy, but a lot of it is just kind of manufactured. It's kind of synthetic, right? Yes. Someone like Eric Adams is, like, naturally like that. Like, the stuff yeah. that he says is just, like, it, it's, 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 they're, like, almost it's, non sequiturs. Like, you're trying to, like, figure out, like, how he got from, like, point A to point B. Exactly. Yeah. It's like jazz. Yeah, but, like, with Trump, like, it, it makes sense because you're like, okay, well, I can kind of see, like, what he's trying to do, and it's kind yeah. of, like, you know, not it, it. It's sort of uh, it's sort of fake and like whatever. With with Adams, like there's no, there's no doubt that like that 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 it's genuine. It's just like what it means is completely uh, impossible it, to know, understand. And then of course, like the other part. part of it, like the other hmm. part of it though, is that um, is is that like a, an Adams presidency would be a nightmare for for a lot of reasons, for a lot of like actual real reasons. Yeah, actual material reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like Adams. Um, I mean, Bernie can't run again. He's way too old. He yeah. Can't do it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, there's like Pritzker in Illinois. I've seen like float around. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Um, you know. I uh, mean. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. And no, I was just gonna say. I mean, this is the thing with the Democratic Party, man. It just doesn't feel like. It isn't, you know, we've talked about this, but it's, it's when I, when I say that, I'm thinking about it now, when I say that they don't have a long-term ideological goal, it's not just even about like, like the way they govern or don't govern, right? It's even like, like, it sort of seems like there's this, like, I just at least pointed out five people in the, uh, of the GOP that got elected within the past two years or so, right? Like who, like, there's like a crop, right? Of these people, like the GOP seems to be accepting, right? Of new blood, where, I mean, the people, I guess, that I, I guess the, the Democrats do have that, I guess, in the squad, but what does the Democratic Party elite do with the squad, right? I mean, they, like, use every opportunity they can to, like, cast them as, like, as, like, kind of these heretical sort of extremists, you know? Um, I mean, yes, we're a big tent, but not those people necessarily. Where the GOP has no problem courting like a young sociopath like Madison Cawthorn. So this is why you and I are having a hard problem thinking about like, like who is it that's going to run because they just, they just churn out the same. I mean, fucking Biden himself ran fucking six times. You know what I'm saying? Or eight times before he finally won, you know? Yeah. So they, just, I, they just like, they just smothered. Um, they smothered like, the, like the younger generation, like the statewide generation of the party. And so now, yeah, now, now, now it is what it is, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't have anyone to run, or and then, you know what? And when we say run, I mean like, you know, there's one thing where you can someone like Obama, who I mean, I'm pretty sure the party was comfortable with because like they knew that even all that progressive shit he was talking on the campaign trail, 
you know, he was going to do it, right? And I guess he made some overtures towards, like, not being as left as he seemed. Um, but when you have this case where you have, like, actual, I think, actual progressives running, people that actually want to, like, you know, be progressive, they want to run like progressives, but as you said, like, kind of smother them and kind of, like, shut them out, I mean, you end up in this position where, yeah, man, you don't have anyone who can even excite the party, even if it's, like, superficially, nominally so, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's just someone who seems, you know, I guess the closest person to that is, like, Beto, but kind of, I think that, I don't know, like, even that's falling apart and people kind of know he's full of shit. You know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It just doesn't, they don't have anyone. You know, they don't have anyone at all. Yeah, Looks the bench like they, is empty. Yeah, the bench is empty. You're going to have to do some Weekend at Bernie shit and, like, you know, put Biden back out there, man. I don't know. God. I mean, you know, I mean, in fairness, like Biden has said, like, repeatedly that he is going to run again. I'm just saying that, yeah. like, yeah. It, it sounds like, especially with this article, that the, uh, that the feeling on, on the part of like the rest of the people in the party is that they would really prefer that he not do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, did you, did you, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Did you see, did you see the other day um, where this, this journalist said, um, you know, it was the his comments about Taiwan that if China um, was to kind of like, um, I guess if China made any moves on Taiwan, then he would, he would, it would basically, he would be a military intervention or something like that. And it was like, Oh no, he misspoke. And the journalist who who said that she had deleted her tweet, um, that this is the third time that this has happened recently, where he said something and his staff has had to reel back. So I mean, you know, and again, I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not a doctor, and also I hope no one's thinking I'm making light of like, you know, um, old age or anything like that. But I mean, come on, dude. Like, I mean, I I don't I don't know if he if he runs again. I mean, is this going to be like a Reagan situation? Are we going to be looking at like? just the most deranged, unpredictable shit for the next couple of years. I don't know. You know, is he feel, is I mean, he, I had, feel- like, yeah, <laughs> I, I had no problem saying this stuff. Uh, when Trump was in office and the same shit was happening. I mean, yeah. this is the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, that, that's, that's yeah. it, they're, like, they're a cause for concern, uh, you know, telling, um, the world's, uh, second or maybe even first superpower, uh, that you're willing to go to war with them uh over over a question that uh that they have made their feelings on very clear uh yeah. is is just nuts um, <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. shows that maybe the guy is not uh playing with a full deck um i think with that doom pill um <laughs> conclu- that, that's a good place to end it um aaron where can people find you right now what uh, i i think this is the first time where we've where where you've had the same twitter account twice I've had shows in a row. Yes, this is the first time I had to say Twitter account twice. Uh, on Twitter, people can find me at Borg Posting. That's B O R G Posting, and uh, people can just listen to the Trillbillies, uh, check out Struggle Session, and um, listen to my podcast with my friends uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Peck, and Jorge, where we uh, talk about uh, we read theory and um, explain it to people. So, if you are a little apprehensive about like getting into communist, socialist, anarchist theory, we try to do the reading for people and have a cool slate of guests and topics, and we even sometimes talk about movies and shit. That's everybody loves communism and people can find all that shit in my bio on Twitter at Borg posting. I'm all over the place, but, uh, I always appreciate you, man. Letting me, uh, letting me come back here and, uh, shoot the shit with you, man. This one made me especially angry, man, especially after going to vote today and kind of walking in there feeling like the sense of futility. And now I'm even a little, I'm even more pissed off. Yeah. Um, but it was a good, it was good. It was great. Yeah. 
That's 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 what I hope to do. That's where I that's that's how I want people to leave the show. Uh, kind of <laughs> kind of annoyed and pissed off. Um, so thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're listening live or on replay on the app, please uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate, follow, do all that good stuff, and consider getting the call-in app so that you can join us like uh, like Michael did today. Um, and, yeah, so we'll see you next, uh, later on this week. Thanks, everybody, and take it easy.